for tuning in to Talking Yoga with Joe. My guest today is my buddy Eves, owner and physical therapist of Made to Move Physical Therapy. I met Eves in one of my yoga classes. We got into a great discussion about mobility, wellness. I knew he would be a great person to sit down with and talk to. As a physical therapist, he works with patients on strength and conditioning, but also on rehabilitation to safely get people to reduce pain, return to function, and improve performance. Eves also gives some great insight into our healthcare industry, the basics of how it works, what doesn't work about it, and how we can improve it. So feel free to take down some notes and use these helpful tips that we learned from Eves to live a mobile and healthy life. My world does not live in silence, my friend. With a two-year-old and a four-year-old, like having total silence is a very hot commodity. Right. It's really. It can be like strange. True. Yeah. And, like, well, absolutely. Change total vibes and spaces. Absolutely. It definitely has a certain vibe to it that could be uncomfortable for a lot of people. Yeah. And you've taken yoga classes um, where it's just like at times just all silent meditation. Mm-hmm. That's honestly my favorite part. It's like that last 10 minutes usually. Somebody will be like, you know, get in your most comfortable position. Just hang out there. And then, you know, they'll either kind of bring the whole class together and talk about, you know, the movements and how that applies to your life. And, you know, how you can take those movements and use it, you know, like pull it all together. And... Also, sometimes I just sit in silence for five minutes and just kind of let everything take itself in. And I don't do that enough, you know? I try to carve out ten minutes a day, at least. You ever heard of the app Headspace? Yes. So I use Headspace. And uh, I did basically the first ten for free, and then I kind of pulled out the tools that worked best for me, and I just try to do it on my own and just sit in silence for ten minutes and use some of the just, you know, taking the survey of your body from the toe all the way up to your head, you know, letting the weight of your, feeling the weight of your arms, feeling the weight of your feet, just observing your breath, listening to the sounds around you, you know what I mean? Just kind of observing. Um, and it's super difficult. It's pretty funny how some days I can just do it and other days I can go 10 minutes and I'm just constantly just be like, come back to my breath, come back to my breath. You know, for 10 straight minutes, you know what I mean? Other days, I'm like, oh, I want to do it so much longer, and it's just, like, nice and cool. So, I mean, it's just like anything else, just, like, movement practice. It's like brain practice, you know, and I've gotten better at it. And the more consistent I am, obviously, the better and the deeper I can get in the meditation and the more I kind of get out of it. So, and um, it's it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Those are those are real powerful moments. That was beautiful. <laughs> Alright, so I am still recording. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And um, first of all, thank you for your, your time and showing me around here. At, yeah. Uh, made to move personal training. Right. And, and physical therapy. And, and physical therapy yeah, yeah. in Charleston, South Carolina. Right, right. Yeah. We're doing like strength conditioning, we're doing rehab, we're kind of melding, trying to meld those two worlds together, right? To show, show people how to get stronger as well as get. Um, more robust muscle tissue and how to stay out of pain and how to move better um, is really just kind of what we're all about. So the more I can learn from people like you and other movement spaces, the more my practice grows and the more my 
I become a better therapist and a better human, let's be honest, right? Yeah. Yeah. A happy and healthy human. Right, right. Yeah. Which is the goal, right? That's what we're trying to do. We're, you know, in, in different facets of the same field, but have the same goal, right? We're trying to improve people's health um, and people's wellness and, and in essence, people's happiness, right? Like, usually the healthier you are, the better you move and the stronger you are, or then the happier you are, you know? That's what we're all seeking, right, is happiness. For sure. Right. It's a very um, um, Buddhist approach. Are you, um, do you practice Buddhism? I am Catholic, believe it or not. Catholic. Same. Yeah. I am Catholic too. Really? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and uh, my parents, my mom was Catholic, my dad was Lutheran. I went to a Catholic high school and really kind of enjoyed it, was never active practicing, and my wife was Catholic, practicing Catholic, so then I, I had to go back to like, what do they call RCIA, and had to do that just before we got married so we could have a Catholic wedding. And now I'm kind of a practicing Catholic again. What uh, sacrifices did you have to go back for? Like communion? I had to do... Um, confirmation. Confirmation. So I had been... Just the last one. Yeah. Baptism yeah. was fine. And, and, they, and it was funny. The lady who did RCIA used to teach at Bishop England. She, she kind of gave me a pass. I was able to kind of get right in the middle of the classes. You know? Because I knew most of it anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? I've read the Bible. And because I went to Catholic high school, I knew most of the practices, so she was really nice about it and let me, you know, kind of get in halfway between RCIA so I can, you know, we could get married and have communion at our wedding. Um, so, yeah, and I've just continued to practice mostly, trying to go as often as possible to church and, and obviously practice in, in faith and how I, you know, view the world as well. Do you um, go around here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a new church called St. Clair of Assisi. We just, um, we're in the gym of BE and they're building a church here soon. So, yeah. That's but I, cool. Yeah. But I hear people say that a lot. Like, whenever I have conversations with people, they tell me I'm not, like, they don't believe me that I'm Catholic because I kind of maybe just say things that maybe Catholics don't typically, like, a different kind of viewpoint from it, you know? Because yeah. I'm, I'm very much, like, believe in the interconnection of all of us and, you know, just because you have a different viewpoint and view... God or anything this way doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong. Do you know what I mean? We're all looking at it from different magnifying glasses and, um, you know, I'm sure Catholics just have a certain, I don't even know what the word for it is. You know what I mean? Like, people view them in a certain way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This leads to another question I was going to, like, ask. Um, It's, like, later on, but, like, do you have any um, rituals that you do in the morning. Okay. Sure. Sure. Um, my, if I, if my perfect morning, let's not say it. So I have two young kids, so I can't have a perfect morning. Sometimes a kid runs into my room and says, daddy, I want a chocolate milk right now. You know what I mean? So I can't really right now right in the now. morning like, or afternoon. Yeah. They're it's... not getting chocolate milk, but they're going to say something like that. Right. They're going to get a glass of milk. Or, no, no sugar in the morning. That's a bad idea. But if I can get up, um, first thing in the morning and read. So I want to read something. I could read the Bible. I could read something more like thought provoking or just to kind of like get up and start my day. Like I don't want to get up and like go straight to email, right? I want to get something to kind of get my mind right for the day. So that's what I would do. I would do that. I'd read for five or 10 minutes, right? After that, have a cup of coffee, right? And just no sugar. 
no sugar, total black coffee, right? Occasionally I like cream. Sometimes I go crazy, right? A little cream in my coffee. A little bit. Yeah, but you know, just not very much. And black coffee, perfect. Gets me up, gets me rolling, and then come work out at 7.15 and do a CrossFit workout right away, right? Come home, eat breakfast after that, because I kind of like to work out empty stomach. I know that's weird, but that's what I like to do. Come home, eat breakfast, and then I'll see patients the rest of the day. So I want usually my, like heavy lifting or my like intense, high intense training will be in the morning, right? And then obviously I want to start the day off with something that can get my mind right and that's why I'll, I'll read something more thought provoking. Like it could be like Seneca, it could be something like that. It could be the Bible. It could be just something not, not, you know, not like a textbook, you know, I'm not reading like a movement textbook or um, like fiction, you know, just something kind of just to yeah. yeah, and that can be like quotes or sure even just shorter um, texts right throughout the space right like my there's an app there's like a Bible app and you can go through these hundred daily bread and just like bam it's just like you know one chapter of one book and it can give you it's so easy you know what I mean using technology to its fullest and bam I have my you know daily mental start every single day I don't have to even flip open to a book so I'm trying to use that technology stuff to my advantage although I am slower than most. Yeah, that's what's cool, and that's what I like about uh, Headspace. Uh, it's just that they're so great at like the animations yeah. and like the clips that go into um, all these things that you're like learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They do it in a very good way, and I, I did the trial the trial too. Yeah, the first ten or whatever. 10 Take days. ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I would do it again. And they say, from all that I've read, meditation is supposed to be done in the morning. Um, but I could, I don't know why, I'm just not, I don't know, I'm not like, maybe if I did it more often I'd be better at it, but I'm just not ready for it in the morning, like I need my routine before I can, you know what I mean? I almost like the meditation to break up my day, you know, I do it right after my kids go to bed, so like, kind of like seal that part of the day, I seal it in with some meditation, and then I have the evening to, you know, relax, do something else, or usually I'm, I'm doing some sort of research, um, you know online or writing a blog post and do more of the creative stuff after that right yeah it's it's too it's a balance between the two yeah that's what you're doing that's really cool yeah and you're doing it physically it sounds like you're talking a lot about doing it mentally yeah which is awesome because um, it leads me into a lot of why I'm here okay and talking about what you what you do sure so me to move personal training right and physical therapy and physical therapy yeah <laughs> Eves, what um, led you to tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you into working in the physical therapy world? Okay, sure. That's that's a that's a loaded question. We're ready for that? Okay. So um, there's two reasons. Physical therapy interested me because I knew I didn't want a desk job. I knew I wanted to move my body. My dad was at a desk job, and I just knew I couldn't do that. Right? I couldn't. I couldn't sit still as a kid. Couldn't sit still as a teenager, and that was not. I knew that wasn't going to happen in my adult life. I also had a special needs little sister who had um, cerebral palsy and a lot of other brain things going on. And she required physical therapy basically throughout her entire life, right? Um, And I saw the bond that she had with her physical therapist, right? So like her physical therapist came in and had to stretch her muscles and they really, you know, it was like an intense workout. It was painful for her, but she was still very happy to see the physical therapist every time, you know, all smiles, all hugs, and I'm very happy to see her when she leaves. And I was like, that's a pretty, you know, 
amazing bond to have with somebody. And, she, and you know, she, to give you an idea of her, she had, let's say, the mental capacity of a three to six month old, and that's about where it capped out, right? So even as she got older, that's kind of where her mental realm was. So to have her make that connection, to be able for me to see that connection was very powerful. I was like, this, this seems like a great job. If she understands that connection, then why couldn't I do that? You know, how powerful it could be to other people too. So I didn't make that like outward thought in my head as a kid, obviously, but like in the background, let's say in my subconscious, I kind of that clicked, I guess. And I was also a soccer player and I dislocated my kneecap twice in high school and I needed a lot of physical therapy. And the physical therapist that I went to was really good, went around, like showed me the anatomy, told me what was going on. And I just like, really appreciated that. And it really spoke to me. And I kind of knew I wasn't gonna be able to play soccer, you know, professionally or even in college. And I was like, well, I really like moving my body and I enjoy this piece, you know, how can I delve into it? And I want to give, you know, I kind of have, I want to call it a servant's heart, right? Like I just, I enjoy serving other people. I like one-on-one -on -one interactions. So that seemed to serve all those things. And so I was like, I was real lucky from high school on. I knew what I was going to do. It never changed. And luckily it worked out for me. I still really enjoy it and love it. And I can ex I've been able to expand it in so many arenas um, and just continue to grow my knowledge and apply it in so many different ways. You know, it's, I, like, I picked the right field for me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think yeah. I could have been a doctor. I don't think I could have been just a personal trainer. It's like the perfect meld for me of, like, strength and training and, like, rehab and the human body and then the medical piece of, like, rehab, pain science, and just, you know, being able to help people move you know i'm really passionate about that and I, I i want people to be able to move in their environment so like i see somebody who can who's having difficulty walking all i want to do is pull them in my clinic you know help them get stronger so they can go you know if they want to go on a cruise and go hike up a mountain i want everyone to be able to do that and i think they should and i know they could so um be able to do what they want to do right right you know and i think that for me they will go into like the philosophy of my head is i i know that's directly related to happiness it is because if I can't do, if I can't move and do the things I want to do, like that's a big problem, right? Like I, I, I won't be happy if I can't like get up off my chair and go get, you know, our independence is important to us. Our ability to explore and do new things is very important to us. So I just think movement is so directly related to, you know, why people are a lot very unhappy nowadays, you know what I mean? Like as a whole and um, the more I can do to help people that's cool yeah and that's the the relationship that you saw with um your sister and her physical therapist um that like inspired you right that like relationship right there and your sister how is she um she passed away um a year ago two days ago actually one year ago mm -hmm. i'm sorry oh that's okay it's uh it's been tough but you know me and my family are getting through it i appreciate it yeah yeah in the physical um, therapy world, you um, talk a little bit about the medical system. Mm -hmm. um, can you explain what the medical system is, uh, how it works, what are the good things about the system, and what are the like um, areas where we can shine a little right. bit more, can we say? Sure. Um, this is going on the internet, so we say nothing bad about our federal system. <laughs> Absolutely not. We love the federal system. That's right. That's yes. right. You know, there's always ways to improve, even for people that are good at it, right? Um, so, our medical system is very good 
about getting Right, it's right. hard. It's difficult. It's definitely very difficult. Um, I'll just see if I can segue into it. The things that I think that our medical system is good about is emergencies, right? So, like, we have somebody who breaks a bone, you know, EMS comes quickly, there's an orthopedic on call, we have all the tools needed to, to, to cast that break or to have surgery to fix that break, we can get up and moving again quickly, right? So... For emergencies, I think we're doing really, really good, right? So for like huge traumatic injuries or, or heart attacks, we can replace hearts, we can replace valves, like all that stuff's amazing. The mm -hmm. issue that I think our medical system is having is that we're trying to fix almost too much with pharmaceuticals, right? And with our, our medical system, like we're just obviously very heavy in pharmaceuticals, um, medicines like shots and surgeries, right? So yeah. those... We don't always pick the right person to have a surgery. You know what I mean? And you can't blame that all on the medical system, though, because I truly believe it's also everybody's personal responsibility to say, okay, I'm going to have this surgery. You know, I've definitely had a few patients come in here, and they've told me they've gotten a knee replacement. You know what I mean? I'll just, I'll just ask them, hey, you know, why'd you have a knee replacement? You know, and they'll say, my doctor told me I had bone-on-bone, -bone, you know, cartilage. And I was like, well, were you having pain? Like... Was your knee just like, oh, my knee was kind of bothering me, not, not that bad, but I went to the doctor and that's what he said, so I had a knee replacement surgery. And I just, you know, there's obviously a fiduciary duty from that doctor standpoint, so I, I wasn't in that for that case, so I can't tell you exactly what happened. But let's hope that she didn't have surgery just because an x-ray showed that and she was, wasn't having pain and was walking just fine, right? So from what I'm seeing a lot of is that Instead of trying these conservative treatments like physical therapy, personal training, movement training, yoga, anything, we're not focusing on trying to move our body better and use our body. We're instead in a little bit of pain, run straight to the doctor, take some pills that doesn't work, get a shot that doesn't work. Okay, let's have surgery and then see if that'll work. You know? Right. And we're, go ahead. Do you think this is a little bit of the Western world um, and a lot of their approaches like, push things and move things very fast. Right. Like if you look at our drive historically, um, technology wise, we've always really had an advance with things. Um, do you think there are good things with that? Right. Or good things are that somebody has a heart attack and we can save their life and they can live another 40, 50 years, right? So they can get their valve replaced, which I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to replace a valve. I don't know how that works. That's amazing that we can do that. Yeah. Sounds dangerous. Yeah, sounds dangerous. But I mean, it's... It's amazing, right? Or even brain surgeries, all that kind of stuff. So um, that would be, you know, immediately off the top of my head, that would be the benefit. But you're right, like instant gratification, right? I want to be better yesterday, you know? And a lot of my practice has to be geared towards that too, a lot of the manual therapy techniques. If I get somebody in here for one session, I've got to make them feel a little bit better, you know? Because they're not going to buy in. They're going to be like, all right, doesn't work for me, see you later. You know, I have to cater towards that somewhat. I, of course, tell them like, you know, any soft tissue injury, guess what? Six to eight weeks, it's going to be, it's going to take six to eight weeks for that thing to heal. And people are like, I don't have that kind of time. They want to go back and play tennis or, you know, they need to go back to work or whatever. We don't, you know, we're all about, you're right, in the fast lane trying to... In Daniels Island, South Carolina, yes. Yes. Yeah, oh, I see that, man. Yeah. Um, that's so true. And, um, I mean, that's great that you're, like, incorporating 
um, all of this together because it's it. I think it's really about taking care of the mind, mm-hmm. and then you're taking care of the mind, and that leads to just um, body, which is a lot of um, what you do. Right. And you practice yoga. Yes, I try to. Right. I'm trying to definitely expand that. I want to become better at practicing yoga. You know, so um, I just have to find the consistency with it. You know, I do some on my own. With what I've taken from some of the teachers, from stuff that even you showed me in your class, Ashley showed me, and do it on my own. Um, but I need to incorporate twice a week is my sweet spot. Twice a week. Twice a week. If I can get that dosage, you know what I mean. I talk about, you know, we talk. Everything's in dosage and prescription. So like my prescribe, my prescription is yoga. My dosage is twice a week for an hour, and my body feels like ideal. That with my mix of strength training, you know just corrective exercise, rehab stuff that I do, as well as a little bit of like cardiovascular endurance and metabolic conditioning. It's like, that's like, I'm ready to conquer the world. You know, I can't get that. I mean, that's, that's a lot of working out. You know what I mean? That's my body can't always do that either. You know what I mean? And time-wise it's difficult, but, um, yeah, twice a week would be, you know, I just, there's, there's something that I get from yoga mentally as well as physically that I don't get from anywhere else. You know what I mean? So I really value it for not only my clients, but for myself and my own body as well. You know, being in those static holds or those positions, there's just, you know, there's obviously, I don't know how many years, but hundreds of years, probably more than that, of like movement practice that is yoga. So like there's something to that, just like acupuncture. You know what I mean? There's something to, that stuff works. It wouldn't have been around that long if it didn't work. The future is going to be incredible with, uh, with all this stuff. If you look like historically with yoga the last few years, it's um, it's developed a lot more of um, uh, a class fitness mm-hmm. um, space that's led to a lot of just like, all right, this is yoga, one hour, come in, um, come out, namaste, and you go on and you leave with right. happy and healthy lives sure. is the goal. Is that, in my, so I'll ask you some questions right reverse interview here. So do you think that is enough for people? Like... Is that a good dosage for yoga? Like, is just coming in, hitting an hour in this running gun society? Like, can you really expand your practice of yoga and get what you need out of it from what you understand? Because I don't know the ins and outs of yoga or the philosophy behind it, or, you know, I'm sure there's multiple facets. But yeah, do you think that's enough for people? Yes, I like this. Okay. So, uh, my teacher, Sal Familia, he's a um, meditation instructor here in Charleston. And he did a lot of scripture, a translation of um, the Yoga Sutra um, scriptures in the 1970s. We started practicing yoga exactly, I think it was 40 years apart. September to the day. Oh, really? That's awesome. What day in September? Um, We said like early September, but mine was 2012. He was uh, um, 1972. What is that? Is that 40 years? Terrible at don't do that. That's why we're here. Oh, I don't think numbers. <laughs> no, gosh, no. I'm biological anatomy, and there's no, don't put numbers in front of me. Just ones and zeros. That's yeah. enough. <laughs> just coding. two. Just coding. Yeah, just it. coding. I love it. Um, so he, he said, we were doing this podcast, and we were talking about a similar thing with this, and I said, yes. I said, you go into a class, um, it's physical, and I think that's all you need, because I love my practice. Uh, you said two times a week, mm-hmm. um, but I just know, like, Two times per week would just not be enough. Uh, so uh, he says you need philosophy in it. He says it's not yoga. Right. 
um, you're teaching the yoga if you're teaching about the um, more than the physical part. So the philosophies, the eight limbs of Ashtanga yoga, okay. um, which deals a lot with okay nonviolence, uh, nonviolence towards yourself mm-hmm. first, which is the first part, and then under that is um, nonviolence towards others. Okay. So a lot of it is cool because it's social codes, social codes, and then more like introspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're teaching that and you're teaching the asana, that's yoga and that's everything. That's all you need. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that whole, I want to delve, I mean, at some point in my life, there's just, it's so interesting. I want to delve into that stuff more. I mean, that stuff um, is super interesting. I mean, like there's, and it's so analogous to other philosophies and religions. You know, I love, like I said, how all those things are tied in. Like, kind of like love yourself before you can, you know what I mean? Same thing. Like, don't harm yourself, right? And so, like, you've got to learn how to protect yourself, you know, and that's essentially what I'm trying to do people. I'm trying to show them, like, don't go have surgery. Don't let somebody yeah. cut on you. Protect yourself. Like, become educated and move your body, and guess what? You're going to feel a lot healthier, and you're going to protect what is your body, and then, lo and behold, you can do so much more in the world, you know? That's true. Be much happier, so. That's very true. Yeah. So you are learning a little bit about the philosophies of yoga? Um, what are some similarities that you see, um, what you do with your patients in the rehab, um, form? Mm-hmm. Do you see with the philosophies of yoga? Philosophies of yoga. Okay, sure. So, I mean, obviously I'll just start with some of the, the movements are even the same, right? Cause we definitely steal a lot of the movements we talked about using child's pose and tabletop and. You know, I can right here it. on this um, table I'm sitting right, at. Exactly. That's cool. So do you um, do you like it at a higher level? Like is is there a reason it's it's higher up or, or more cushioned? Yeah, so the higher up just because I'm getting usually my hands on people, so it's perfect. Um, so I don't have to bend over and hurt my back either, right? Or just sitting on them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do that too. But like I said, I don't think I know enough about yoga philosophies to say they're analogous. So I'm just going to try to give it a shot, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. okay. So. Not that, I, not that philosophies is something I would say is right or wrong. Sure. Okay. True. True. Um, I mean, it comes to the, down to the same thing. Someone comes in, they're injured, right? They're injured physically, more than likely mentally, right? Um, and they come in and you want to heal them, right? So they come in and I need to figure out how to heal them. So being able to give them a movement practice as well as guide them like you would as a teacher, right? To show them how they can move better and feel better at the same time. So like that's obviously where I just see the similarities between a yoga teacher, let's just say, and like what I would do as a physical therapist or even as a strength and conditioning coach. Right, we're we're both trying to again achieve that same goal, um, just through different philosophies, you know, or different modalities, you know, however you want to say it. Right. Yeah. I think that's that's true. Yeah. Um, a lot of um, what we uh, want and need is just like leading towards happiness. Right. Leading towards this um, more positive life, and that. Okay, so philosophy wise, like. I would hope that almost the basic human being would want to agree with that. Um, but we see this a lot 
in our society. We see this in like our medical system. Um, are you hopeful for the way that we're going um, with all of this? Absolutely. So I feel such a great question. So I feel like we finally turned kind of the corner, right? So I'm seeing now a lot more research coming from medical fields um, talking about the long-term consequences of surgeries, the long-term consequences of opiates. You know, I had a good friend who's, you know, um, good friend whose mom just passed away from overdose of, you know, I don't know exactly what, but, you know, from what I understand that she was, you know, chronically fatigued and chronically depressed. That's and, terrible. Right. And, it, and again, I, um, from what I understand, it's an accidental thing, but, you know, being able to chronically go, go on those types of, that shouldn't, you know what I mean? Not that that shouldn't happen. It's going to happen, right? Like, um, but we need to do everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen, right? And, and I know that what we're doing as far as movement and let's go philosophy is only going to, to help that. But in essence, I think people finally are trying to gain more control, right? So we're becoming more educated and we're trying to seek out things that help us, right? So like we're not always just relying on the MD or the medical system. We're saying, we're going in there and be like, you know, well, doc, I want to try this. Can I go to physical therapy for people who seek me out now? And I think that's amazing. I don't think people were doing that before. So the internet is obviously changing that. WebMD, right? So there's right. no way you come here as in, hasn't WebMD'd low back pain or sciatica when they come in. That was huge. What year did WebMD come out? Do you remember that? I have no idea. I would guess. I mean, 2000? Someone, someone should Google and look this up and we'll find yeah. out after. Right. But I'm going to guess. Um, what would you guess? 2005. I was going to guess earlier than that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're probably right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But WebMD, like, yeah. wow, that changed everything. Just having that access to just, like, instantly find out this, um, I don't know, this answer of what we're looking for mm -hmm. or our healing And everybody's solution. looking for the answer, too, and that's part of the issue with them. Like, they want to – we're not robots, right? I try to tell people that. It's not like I can just take out this part and put it back in. Our movement system is way more complicated. We're not that simple. Right, but that's what people are looking for. They just want to, like a car, change my tires. Let me just keep going. It just doesn't, you know what I mean? I wish it were that easy. I mean, yeah. if you had a job for that easy, but do you, you think know. we are moving towards that for sure? Like even with cars, we're seeing just such fast. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I I was just walking around here before, and I saw that they're in Daniel's Island here where we are. They're just like electric car, um, like spaces where you can just charge your car. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's already here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tesla and everything. I think that's not far away whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. But I, so we're definitely trying the right direction. I think people are getting more responsibility as well as just the medical profession in general is figuring out that like, man, we've moved so far skewed to the left, whether it be surgeries and pharmaceuticals, realizing now that we need to reel ourselves back in. So like people are becoming more outcomes based. People are trying to stay away from, um, prescribing medications unless they absolutely have to, only doing it for certain lengths of time. I mean, it's very early, right? And, and, um, but it's definitely training in that direction at this point, which is, I'm just very happy about. Because what's the better choice? You know, coming in for therapy and trying to move your body or having, you know, someone go in and cut you open and alter things. You know what I mean? Like, we definitely want to try that stuff first. Surgery has, has its place. Surgery definitely has its place, but... Um, Thanks. I'm just saying, let, let's let, let's give movement 
you know, let's try that first. And that's funny too, because it seems like it's either one or the other, um, in a way. Right. It doesn't necessarily need to be, right? But 100%, uh, I agree that the, the pharmaceutical system is, um, it just clearly just doesn't work. Um, so I, I focus a lot of um, what I do with yoga and the pharmaceutical um, industry to be um, like related mm-hmm. um, because it's another path. Um, what do you think and where is your stance on um, fitness and, and just using... Um, drugs either to ha- enhance your performance or enhance your um, your life, sure. your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm definitely biased to like, and it's because my family too. Like, we never took pills for like anything, right? So that's already in my head. Like, even taking Advil for me was like very difficult as an adult. Wow, yeah. Advil. Advil, right? Yeah. So just anything for my body. I'm just something very... that you just get like at any convenience right. store. It's everywhere. Right, and just because, you know. We're starting to just get into like personal beliefs and philosophies, which is fine. Like I just think my own body has makes certain hormones and neurotransmitters and you know all the stuff it makes, and it's in this perfect balance. Why am I going to take something that I don't have to take, or that isn't necessarily available organically, and put it into my body, right? I just don't want to do that unless I have to, right? Yeah. But, but now. I'm slowly being, slowly trying to change that because I'm realizing the value of certain supplementations or now they're calling them like biohacking, right? Have you heard of like bulletproof coffee and all those uh, people? The bulletproof, yes. Yeah, right? So there's Is it just really, um, it's very, very high caffeinated. High right? caffeinated and usually has like a, um, I think it's a, like ghee butter in there, right? And that's like a meal. Ghee butter? Yeah, so like non-dairy, they take all the dairy out of butter. Okay. And it's called a key butter, and they put it in there. So that's like a meal. So it's got a bunch of fat in it, right? Fat from the butter and a bunch of coffee, right? Wow. And it's, and it's <laughs> Any also, protein? I don't know. But I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so. It's pure fat, right? Fat and fat uh, and caffeine. And caffeine, it's supposed right? To be almost like a meal replacement. Yeah, and then it's also like non-acidic, so it's got a lot of the stuff that other coffees don't have. And I don't know enough about it to to comment. Um, uh, that guy just followed me on Twitter, by the way, the guy who did the bulletproof coffee. I thought it was a weird, like, I don't know how, why he added me, but he added me as a friend. And there he is. Just yeah. follow him there. <laughs> That's right. What's so his can, name? Um, it's, uh, if you Google bulletproof coffee, I think the last name is Osprey, I think, which is, um, I just, it's escaping me right now. I'll think about it as soon as the podcast's over. Okay. Right. Um, but I mean, he does a lot of that stuff too. He like shows you. Another guy called Ben Greenfield has a great podcast. And he shows you like certain supplements you can take to kind of like improve your performance and, and improve that. You know what I mean? And, and be able to um, run faster or um, do that in kind of an organically way. So I think supplementation, I'm, I don't do it enough to quite tell you like if it's good or bad. I'm just going to bias towards no because that's who I personally just am. Because I think, again, the human body is just meant to be a certain way. Why are we going to just... You know, unless you're that one percent of people who are like elite athletes, you know, and you're doing it for your job or you're doing it to make money and make a living, it doesn't make sense for me to do it. You know, what do I care if I can squat two twenty five or if I can squat three hundred? As long as I'm happy and healthy, I'm okay with that. I don't need creatine or I don't need a bunch of stuff to get beyond that, right? So, um, as far as medicines in general, right, it can be really helpful. To save lives, right? right. 
So yeah. somebody's having a heart attack and they take a nitrate pill, it can save their life, drop their blood pressure instantly, right? Um, it can be helpful for pain. So like if somebody breaks their leg and they're in intense pain or somebody's in chronic pain, you know, and we can give them medicines and make them feel better. I understand that, you know, but I definitely think it's over, over medicated, over prescribed, you know, there's just this happy medium and we've skewed too far to over prescribe and we need to bring it back in. Right. You know, there's, there's a great documentary that hits right on that. I don't know if you've seen it bigger, stronger, faster. Mm-mm. Sounds amazing. Oh, man, I like, like the title. <laughs> um, it was it was on Netflix, but two brothers. Um, their brother was a wrestler, and um, in the middle of the documentary, um, they're filming it, and uh, the brother um, actually ended up passing away after the documentary. But it just followed their whole um, path. They're from Poughkeepsie, New York, not far from where I'm from. Okay, cool. And uh, they were just really into um, competing, wrestling. Um, they got involved in the steroid mm. world, and um, yeah, you can go. I I think really deep into that, and it can be, um, it could be scary and like dangerous. Oh, absolutely. Um, but w- what do you think? Do you, um, would you want to see like home run like Barry Bonds? Do you like baseball? Yeah, I mean, I, I yes, right. My sport is soccer. Soccer. But I, but okay. I follow That's your sport. sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But baseball, I follow as well. Well, what's your team? If I had to pick a team? Uh, for soccer. Oh, oh man. Uh, Not Manchester City. In Manchester? England. Yeah. It's funny how I accent, like, in, in my head, I'm so much in tune with, like, society and, like, breaking out, like, you automatically, you have to have a favorite team, right? Right, yeah. But you would pick Manchester. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, right. I mean, I don't really have a favorite team, but if I had to pick one, that one. I like particular players as opposed to like the whole team maybe that's that's just weird like interesting weird like players inside the team yeah yeah so there's just certain players that I like and that I follow because I enjoy who they are and how they play you know as opposed to like balling and balling in a whole team and you kind of need to have like a connection to a team and I don't really have a connection because they're all in England way <laughs> over there yeah I want some sort of connection to that team that'd be a very dedicated fan yeah, to go yeah. back and back yeah, and forth sure sure like you know I like the Charleston Battery the soccer team that's here on Daniel Island you know what I mean and because we have connection to them right my wife works for them they're local right so that's really cool and they're right here on the island mm-hmm. right yeah. Yeah, yeah Daniel's Island is um is really neat yeah we're our own little like utopia almost right like yeah everything is here like i have my practice here i live here grocery stores here like i cannot get in my car for two weeks sometimes and just ride my bike everywhere and never leave that's amazing i know it's that's amazing great. it's one of the best things ever you know and it's actually like it's really it's really beautiful yeah like you, you see some of like the like sites with palm trees and like sunsets it's just like you would never ever see this right. in some other areas of the world. Right. You can try and like imitate it. It'll be really similar, but it won't be ever be exact. Right. With the marsh and you know, the Wando River and all that stuff. And Charleston's just beautiful in general. I'm, I've never left, and people always tell me that, and I wish I would have like left to appreciate Charleston. I mean, I do appreciate Charleston, but I never. You know what I mean? I don't feel like I appreciate it enough because anybody who's like, you don't understand how awesome this city is. I'm like, okay. I believe you. And I like it here. I've obviously stayed, you know? That's cool. Yeah. And yeah, you're, so you're from South Carolina. You're from Charleston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, this would be my third year here. I haven't met too many of you guys. Oh, locals? Right. There's yeah. not many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was funny. It was in, like one of my other students, he called himself, oh, they call us unicorns. They're like very rare. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, That's funny. I've never heard that before, but it makes sense. He said, yeah, he said unicorns. 
Uh, and I was like, yeah, it's such true. Like, I've only ever met, like, everyone's from all over. Ohio is a big one. I know all people say, like, all the Ohioans came down and moved to Charleston, it seems like. But, I mean, now it's, it's definitely a huge mix of everybody. You know what I mean? From Florida, California, Utah, New York, right? It's definitely a little melting pot here in Charleston. It is. It was really, it, it's weird when you see it on the technology-wise, like, kind of being considered, like, the best, it's the best city in the world. And, like, that's crazy, but in a way, I think it's so true. Yeah. Because you, you have, like, you have food. Mm-hmm. You have food, yeah. Um, and, like, that drives a lot of people here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going into, like, our food system. Yeah. Are you a fan of, like, these really delicious... Bojangles, Chick-fil-A, fast food places that are, uh, they're around here, like off our interstate exits. Right. Like one at every corner? Every single corner. Every single corner. No, at least maybe two in every single corner. Is it like that in New York as well? Uh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Definitely like, I mean, McDonald's you're going to find everywhere. Right. Um, and within like you're getting into the cities like Manhattan, um, it's just a lot of, a lot of stimulation of all this, um, food jobs everything like restaurant wise and fast food yeah so i think that's always around yeah i mean i whenever i like if i teach or if i do a class and i talk about health right there's like this pyramid and you know maybe let's say like like sleep is the base of that pyramid and you be able to sleep and recover to you know yeah. what i mean and the kind of nutrition would be next and people understand how important that is it's like you know i had a thought in my head i was like next talk i'm just gonna be like if you're not eating right and sleeping right just don't even talk to me do you know what i mean like mm, that's right. I mean, a joke i'm not really saying that but it's kind of true like you can't like it, you, you can't you can't be really healthy if you don't sleep enough and you don't eat healthy and like that's just, and that's your point you so you're saying like that comes first yeah that comes before anything else so if it involves me having to get you know a burger from mcdonald's it's gonna come to that i need to sleep and I need to eat. don't go I'd rather not eat than go to I mean my opinion right like I would you know I like there's a big um whole paleo movement right which I really I really like that like eating whole foods and foods that were meant like that go bad right foods that were meant to be consumed not like foods that were made in a factory like um I don't know about you but if like I eat healthy for a long time and then you go to eat McDonald's right like sometimes you just have to right like you, you eat a, like it may taste good, in, kind of, but not really. And then oh, no, feel... it's going to taste amazing in that <laughs> moment. In that moment, yes. Right, but then you feel terrible, right? Yeah, and, of course. Um, I mean, it's just like everything else, just like movement in general. We understand that we're not supposed to eat, that we're supposed to eat healthy, but we don't do it. We understand we're supposed to exercise, but we don't do it. You know what I mean? And that's my, I'll go off topic for a second, and that's my biggest conundrum. That's the problem I'm trying to solve, the problem I'm trying to solve, is like how do you get people to understand that and actually follow through? Right. Right. So, yes, nutrition, I think, is beyond important, right? Like, I really prescribe, like, for me, I eat fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, meats, and I really try to stay away from sugar, dairy, any processed foods. And most people, it's just an easy way to, like, I don't like to go too big into nutrition. I usually just say that statement. I was like, if you follow that, you're going to be doing pretty darn good. Like, don't worry about anything else. Like, eat as much as you want, just eat these things that are good for you and you'll feel much better and then a lot of similar stuff will take care of itself. Right. Do you believe a lot in like cheat days? Having like a day to just I do. eat your Halloween candy? 
I do, and we've always talked about, like, you know, for a long time, I did, like, a, I always, like, ate well all week, and then, like, had, like, a cheat day Sunday, right? That's, a lot of people do that, right? Yes. Like, the Tim Ferriss does, a, um, that's carb loading, there's a word for it. Was this on the four-hour work week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we did the four-hour chef, which was a lot about eating right. nutrition, too, and, uh, there's a name for his, and it's basically, uh, paleo-esque, and then, um... And you eat whatever you want on Sundays. But it's just different per person, right? So, like, for me, if I have, like, a bad day, that, like, will spiral. And it'll, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm kind of an all or nothing kind of person. Do you know what I mean? Right. So, like, not every, it's not ever one, like, as much as we want it to be, it's never one size fits all, right? So some people can, like, all right, you're allowed to have this little dosage every night. That'll get me through it. All right, you're allowed to have a cheat day every Sunday. All right, you're going to eat clean for 30 days, and then you can kind of, go 80-20 from then on, right? So, um, yeah, but, I mean, willpower only lasts so long, right? We know that now. Like, willpower, mm. you know, will only take you to a certain point. You're going to... We are so surrounded by all these other kinds of foods. Like, it's, you know... It's almost hard to um, to avoid it. Correct. It's almost impossible. Yeah. You know, there's probably that 0.01% of the population, that, yes, that eat strict all the time, hundred percent and never eat any sugar or fast food. Yeah. But for most of us, you know, we're just going to have, we're going to give in at some point. You're going to go to your, you know, mom's house for Sunday dinner, or you're going to have to, you're on the road and you're at the airport and you can't find anything else. You have 10 minutes to eat. You're really hungry. You know what I mean? We, willpower will only take us so far. So you've got to have contingency plans for that for sure. So if that's a cheat day every Sunday, or like I said, if it's the 80, 20 rule, you just got to figure out what works for you. You know what I mean? Like, and you think that can be different for everybody? Yeah. It is. Every, yeah. It is. It is different. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the same thing with an exercise program. Same thing sure. with a rehab program. It's different for everybody. You know what I mean? And that, that just get a, gets into a lot of what you do with physical therapy because I think it's, it sounds like it's very specific to a person with mm-hmm. how you're going to treat them. Are you going to put them into child pose on their first visit? I may. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah right. So it's... it's um, you definitely come in and a lot of P- PTs or even medical in general, we want to like take out our textbook and, and pigeonhole them right into this, you know, perfect little box. And every patient is its own individual with its own story. And we need to treat them like that individual. Right. And, yeah. um, you got to kind of paint that picture. I do like a big subjective exam. So I, I mean, I'm lucky I'm doing cash based physical therapy. So I have an hour with my patient, which, you know, we can go into that too. Like there's not enough time for doctors or PTs to do assessments and to spend enough time to the patient. So I spend probably 30 minutes just like doing what we're doing, which is just like discussing who they are, what kind of movement practice they have, where's their stress level. I mean, I'm asking the specific questions, but I'm having a conversation, right? That gives me kind of like a, an idea of where they at in their life. And then I can kind of get a whole, paint myself a big picture of who that person is. And then I can treat them so much more effectively as well as create a bridge, you know, trust, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they don't want to feel like a number. They want to feel like you're, you know, which I am genuinely there to help them and make a connection with them. And, they'll, you know, that's how they're going to get better. They need to, you know, they talk about buy-in is usually, you know, you need to buy into the process. You need to buy into who I am and what I'm selling, for lack of a better word, you know? That's amazing. And that's a whole full circle with what you said before with that relationship that you saw between your sister and... Mm-hmm. Um, or a physical therapist. Right, right. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, I'm trying to do 
make those connections. Uh, that's cool. You say you, um, nutrition. So so uh, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Nutrition, endurance, um, physical training, like everything that you do. Um, where does this fit in to how the human body works? So I'm sure you know a lot more sure. anatomically. Is that how you say it? Anatomically. Anatomically, yeah. Anatomically. You crushed it, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, try go for it. Uh, about how the human body like actually works. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you feel yoga fits into keeping a person um, healthy? Okay, sure. So we talked about the pyramid, right? So like the sleep, the nutrition, and then obviously on the top comes like movement and exercise. And I, there's going to be different philosophies, but I basically think that there's certain pillars to like having a healthy person. One of those is strength training, right? Right. So like our yeah. body. Kettlebells. Kettlebells. Um, um, deadlifts. Olympic lifting. Whatever you want to do. I just think people need to get under some kind of load. And that load could be five pounds. It could be a five pound bicep curl. It could be a 500 pound squat. It just has to be heavy for you. Right? And it's got to be progressively loaded as you get stronger. Like our bodies have this ability to get stronger. We need to use that ability. Right? That's how we can be healthy. So that's one big one. Right? So let's just call that the strength one. I've never right, really yeah. written this down, but like it's in my Let's head. do it right now. Okay. So I'm going to make a pyramid. All right. <laughs> right? And this is on the bottom. Okay. Yeah. Right? Strength. Strength. All right. And I'm going to... This is awesome. I'm going to post photos of this. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So... It's going to look awful my handwriting is. <laughs> we may have to redo the pyramid. But we'll still do it. I'm just <laughs> make it digital. Down. So the yeah. other part too is like our cardiovascular system. You know what CrossFit calls metabolic conditioning. Right? So our ability to go from point A to point B like without stopping, right? Or, or be able to, to complete that journey that our heart can pump oxygen to our, um, to our body, get oxygen to our body through our lungs, etc. right? All those intricacies. So like cardiovascular fitness, we'll call it our metabolic conditioning, would be the second piece, right? Right. So um, yoga touches on that too because you're doing a whole hour of movement practice. I'm out of breath. There's some cardiovascular conditioning too. So the last piece, a lot of people talk about it, um, stretching, flexibility, mobility, whatever. You know what I mean? And I like to think about it as being able to, in, in physical therapy, we we'll call it range of motion, right? To be able to get range of motion through all my joints and muscles. So for, I always want to think about it as, can I move my body to its fullest capacity, right? Um, so can I get my arms all the way up over my head? Can I touch my toes, stuff like that? And that's where I think yoga obviously helps a lot, like flexibility and mobility. And you don't think about it, but those are really um, physically challenging things to do. Mm-hmm. We were talking before I came over, we were, you know, lifting weights over your head, over your shoulders. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not something I think that we usually do. Right. In like our state, we don't usually, well, we do with weights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, like that's our, Yeah, yeah, but I see what you're saying for sure. And, and the other thing you said, touching your toes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a super common one. Right, and it's just, you know, that's a quick, easy kind of movement screen. Can you touch your toes? Can you put your arms over your head? And you can instantly see if there's any mobility. And we hear this all the time, and it's a yoga myth. It's a huge one, um, but it's, uh, I can't do yoga. I, I can't go do yoga in class because I can't touch my toes. Mm-hmm. I'm too tight, right? Like I, right. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. And it happens a lot, and, and you think about um, that's a reason more to go to yoga because you're going to, really enjoy feeling those stretches because you're tight. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have it the other way around. We have it like, 
oh no, I can't do it because of this, right? Right, right. No, you need to be doing it because you can't do it, right? Yeah. yeah. And in a way, um, I heard this before from another teacher, but a person that's really like flexible, gymnastics, and you know can do all these crazy things. When they go into the asanas, um, the yoga postures, um, they don't really feel anything. Like they're just stretching and they're daydreaming, you know, they're mm-hmm. doing their thing. But people that are can feel that stretch, like that's... Um, that's higher. I mean, that's a really power, more powerful experience of what you're having there in right. that moment. Right, right. And that's the other thing, you know, we call it strength, we call it cardiovascular fitness, and then we just said mobility, right? And those are the, like, at the most basic. The other thing that you could say, I don't know if it goes with the strength or if we need to add more, you know, rungs to our ladder, but like stability, right? Balance. Balance and stability, being able to control our body through space, we, I call that motor control, right? So like if someone squats and they're squatting incorrectly, you know, we always think about it like that's a mobility issue, but it's not always just a true mobility issue where you would think my muscles are tight, so I can't get in that position because, you know, my muscles are stuck down. It's not always, it's like I'm unable to control my body to get in that position. And there's so many people nowadays where they'll come in, this is just the most basic example, and they can't squat all the way down, right? So like, let's say squatting with my feet flat and be able to get my hips below my knees, right? So getting that position. And they're like, I feel too tight. I can't do it. My hamstrings, my hips are tight. Right. And I'm like, really? You know what I mean? So I'll do two tests to show them, right? And to get buy-in, right? I'm like, you're not too tight. First of all, we'll get in like a tabletop position, right? And then I will tell them to rock back and get their behind to their heels, and that's, if you think about it, that's just a horizontal squat, right? Or to even make it more easy to think about, um, is I put a, a kettlebell, like a moderate, like a 20 pound kettlebell, and all of a sudden now they can squat all the way down. Where do they hold the kettlebell? So right out in front of them. It's called a goblet squat, right? So you can't see me obviously, but I can still show you. So I'm here, I get the, um, the kettlebell out here, so I'm holding it, so it's a counterweight. So it gives them some stability that they didn't have before, and all of a sudden, bam, they go all the way down. And they look at me, you know, and be like, they think I'm like a magic guru, right? But I didn't do anything, right? Just gave them a little bit of stability and showed them it's not a true flexibility issue. Mostly, it's a positioning motor control issue, right? And you can do a whole podcast about that, but it's a lot of like pelvic positioning. If you, know, if you think about it, if your pelvis is really rotated back, then I can't get down. Right, so like yeah. just changing little things like that can really help somebody's mobility, and that's what you guys are doing. It's all about positioning. Just getting in some of those poses fixes, and we use it in rehab. Fixes pelvic positioning, like some of those. Um, it's a side plank. I don't know what you guys would call it, where you're kind of like on your arm and on your legs, and you're out in front. You know what I mean? Or that's just, side plank. Yeah. Okay. It. Right there, you go. So side plank, right? Just right there, getting that people in those positions getting that core strengthening and then reassessing the squat can get a big improvement almost instantly because they're firing the right muscles all of a sudden and then bam, they can squat. So stability is a big piece too. Stability and motor control, you know, um, along with the strength, metabolic conditioning, but then you can just keep breaking that down. You can go down a huge rabbit hole. So I try to really keep it as basic as possible. Yeah. You know, you don't want to, because you can just go into mitochondria and, you know, neurotransmitters and, you know, neurological pathways you could go down that hole and alpha motor neurons you know what i mean and i don't even know half the stuff you know i'm just it's spitting it out at this point you know but um 
you know, let's keep it basic and let's keep it relatable, you know, because mm. that's where I think the most can be learned and the mo- more buy-in can be achieved and we can, we can get to the broadest amount of people, the biggest amount of population and still get most of the way there, you know? Yeah. There is a Sanskrit for that, for that yoga side plank pose, uh, but I obviously can't think of it now. Yeah. Um, but so having your arms out squatting, that's a lot of, with the kettlebell, it's also, it's a lot of, um, abdominal core strength of what you mm-hmm. need to keep your chest lifted. Right. Right. But it's almost just a cue. So it's not, it, for them, it shouldn't be that heavy, whoever it is. It should be moderately heavy. It's just that, for whatever reason, and somebody asked me the other day, and I was like, I don't even know. One of the guys was like, why is this helping? I'm like, you know, at the most basic level, again, it's just like, it's just balance and stability. But like, from a, you know, are my hamstrings more engaged? Is right. my pelvis in a better position? You know what I mean? So I don't truly know that answer 100%. So now I have to go research it. So, um, yeah, maybe in part two, I'll tell you why that's kind of better. Dude, you can talk so much about anatomy. Like, it's amazing. That's almost an hour right there. Wow. Dude, yeah, that flew by. Um, I do have, um, we got like five more minutes. Sure. I do have a few questions. So you mentioned Timothy Ferris. Mm-hmm. I'm like totally inspired by his podcast. I think he does a great job and he asks these questions. Um, picked up a little bit from his. Um, this, is a, this is a good one, but if you oh, had a, um, a billboard up and it didn't have to be like an advertisement, um, um, advertising something, what would it say? Do I have a limitation on the amount of words? But it's like a uh, billboard. No, go for it. Yeah. yeah well, it's I mean, a billboard, so people are driving, yeah. looking up, looking at it. So it's not necessarily a picture. It's just where it can be anything. Yeah. I would just I would say movement matters. Movement, right. Movement matters. matters. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, I would just say that, you know? And then getting people to take control of, take control of your own health and movement matters. You know, those two things. I mean, that's super simple. You don't need it. And right. it's... On the kind con- like powerful, right? Like powerful, powerful. All about message. empowerment, right? Trying to empower people, you know. Um, what what comes to mind um, when you think of the word successful? Quick. A person. Successful. Freedom of time. For me, freedom. That's of time. personally what I think of, like being able to do with what your time with what you want. That's I would consider myself successful when I can spend all the time I want doing the things I want, right? So freedom of time is my opinion. Not necessarily monetarily rich, but just I have freedom of my time. I'm doing with what I want with my time. Yeah, it's your present. Right. Your time is right there. It's either well, time's okay, our hottest past. commodity, man. It's our hottest. It's also very expensive, right? Oh my <laughs> In today's. Yeah. Um, do you have any uh, favorite um, quotes that you like to share? Or quotes that you live by? Not off the top of my head. I wish I could. There's a lot. There's so That's many. a tough one. You know? <laughs> There's a lot, and it's hard and to... And I have so many written down, but like off the top of my head, it can be like, ooh, I really like... You know what I mean? So do you like, you know, handwriting, writing down? Yeah, yeah, I, I just I put them all down like in a, you know, like a notepad. You know, that, I mean, the easiest one is, is it's total... Um, I mean, it feels like um, everybody uses it, but, um, you know, treat others like you want to be treated. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you can... Very biblical. Right. Very biblical, right? That's, you know, so, um, I mean, it's just, if you can, if you can live by that, then you're doing really well. You know what I mean? That'd be more of like a a quote that... That's a good one. Yeah. Thanks. Movement (laughs) and... Yeah. 
Um, so do you have any uh, favorite uh, books that don't have to be related to, well, could be health, wellness, but also um, outside of that area? Fiction, there's, memoir. There's so many. But um, a few, like, I really like what Kelly Starrett has done, right? So he's he's doing big things. So Supple Leopard. Is Kelly, Kelly Starrett. Starlight. Okay. Starrett. Starrett. Uh, yeah, Mobility Wad, right? So you Google that and Supple Leopard. It's just a real good... He's had other books like Ready to Run and Deskbound, which I haven't read Deskbound yet, but um, Supple Leopard is kind of a good, all-encompassing movement pattern book that kind of show you how to move and how to live and how to kind of treat yourself. It's like a textbook. And you spend obviously a lot of time and energy doing that and he got a, so many things right with that. So that's an easy one. And then I really like um, The Traveler's Gift. That's another okay, good yeah. one. So um, it's kind of one of those books that can kind of inspire you to like do what you want to do with your life, right? And kind of like, um, that's another one that I, I love. You know, that's one I would recommend to people, right? So if they're like, where should I go or how should I be, you know, be inspired and be like, read this book and what year good things. did that come out? It's fairly know? recent, I think. Recent, okay. Right? I may have even gotten that off. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know where I got it from, but it's new. It's definitely, I mean, you can get on Amazon for, you can link to it and if you do show notes, right? You can link to it on Amazon for like 10 bucks, probably um, paperback. Right. Very good. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting a lot of my books now just all digitally. Yeah. Oh, it's... I'm it's, sure the Kindle version, right? Or It's Audible. great, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Audible is great. Mm -hmm. Do you, like, listen to audio books? Yeah, I try. I only try to. Now that I'm out in the car as much, I don't. You know, so it's kind of a bummer. Like, I want to listen to more podcasts and I want to do more. Um, but I'm just out in the car. So, like, I'm always doing stuff now, right? So I have to carve out time to do that. So I'm trying to maybe, like, go for, like, 30-minute walks and that's how I'll get my dosage in every day but you're gonna be walking down Daniel's Island looking up seeing a billboard move movement that's right that's right there you're still moving yeah oh, that's great man just driving sitting in the car it's a lot of what I do down here yeah and uh I mean it's cool it's in a different way going out and exploring all right the yeah, islands getting to Charleston right and all the different places and you know yeah we're just unique place because we have so many bridges and you know, North Charleston, James Island, Mount Pleasant, like their own little like mini cities. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, you're doing great work out here with yes. um, Made to Move Physical Therapy. Physical Therapy. There you go. And that's P. It's uh, number two. Move to move. Yeah. PT dot com. Right. 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 Um, Facebook, Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. And you're posting a lot of um, videos. I saw getting more specific in. A lot of the yeah. movement. Yeah, I mean, I, I try to, awesome. yeah, I try to post stuff of um, some of my patients or just like quick movement tips or, you know, if I'm working out and I, I got a good workout, I'll, sh you know, I'll post it on there. Um, I'll repost a lot of stuff that I really like and see, especially on Facebook about movement and getting physical therapy and the research out there for, um, you know, on how to move better and how to stay healthy and pain free. That's it, man. That's awesome. Cool. So any last words? If you have to reach out to the like ears of people and you know what you're saying is inspiring they're listening what is the first step what's the advice where do you start where do you start you just start moving your body find a movement practice that you like and love and can do consistently i don't care what it is and just keep doing it and just go down that rabbit hole and stick with it and stick with it and you'll you'll love it i promise you know, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be yoga. It doesn't have to be strength training. Just pick some sort of movement. Move your body. And uh, you won't be sorry. And that's it.
Beautiful, man. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Thank absolutely. you for your time, man. That's it, you guys. A lot of great information from Eves. I hope that you found this helpful and thank you so much for listening. If you could take one more minute and please go into your iTunes store, rate, comment, and let me know what you think. You can also reach out on social media and connect um, through the Facebook and Instagram page, Yoga with Joe. Until next time.